Kia ora. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How is everybody? Lovely to see you. Are we all doing well? Um, who enjoyed worship this morning? Amen. So what I'd like to do today is I would like to go deep. And this puddle that we're going to go deep into might look shallow initially. But what I'd like to do is go deep, but I want to do like a manu. I want to do like a cannonball dive into this thing. So we're going to go deep, but we're going to do it with a little bit of pizzazz, and we're going to do it with a little bit of fun today. So can we go deep, but can we also have a little bit of fun doing it too? Who needs a little bit of fun in their life right now? Right. Do you need me? Oh, that mic. Is it cutting out? I didn't even hear. Hello? There we go. Sorry about that. I couldn't hear that I was cutting out. Look at that. Okay, so who bought their Bibles this morning? Good work. Who bought their electronic Bibles this morning? <laughs> Good work. Because you never bring that with you anywhere you go, right? Hey, um, so we were meant to be doing a, a series on Galatians right now. Uh, and the reason that we're not is um, coming out of COVID, myself and the communication team, we decided that it would be a good idea to to give God some space to give us topical messages for the rest of the year. Just as we knew, as we knew that things were going to adapt and change, we wanted to be able to, to speak to that from week to week. Um, and so I, as I was prepping for this uh, Sunday several weeks back, I felt like God gave me um, a chapter he wanted me to read. And when I read it, I went, oh, I think you might be wrong there, God. Um, I don't think you fully understand the situation right now, but it's all right. I got you back. Follow me, God. Um, this is what we're going to do, okay? So come over here. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do this. And God's like, no, no, no. I, I, I want you to do this. And I was like, well, I don't think that really applies, God. Follow me. Um, and God was like, no, come back. So what we're going to read from this morning is Luke chapter 15. So if you've got your Bibles, Luke chapter 15. And at first glance, you might think, what has this got to do with the season that we're in? Um, and like I said, it's almost like a shallow puddle initially, but then you're going to realize it's like the gateway to a deep, deep underwater cavern. Okay, so Luke chapter 15, if you're having a look at it or if you already knew, it is Jesus's response to something that the Pharisees and the teachers say. They say one line, and then he goes and does like a whole chapter of the Bible. Has anyone got a friend that does that? Like you say one thing, and then they just go, woo! One person, okay. Is anyone going to admit to being that person? Yeah, come on. So let's, um, can we read the text together? Is that cool? Okay. Luke chapter 15, I'm doing NIV. The parable of the lost sheep. Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, uh, This man welcomes sinners and even eats with them. <gasps> Verse 3, Then Jesus told them this parable. This is his response. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Many of you will be very familiar with this. 
doesn't he leave the 99 to open uh, in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and his neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I have found my lost sheep. And I will tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. So I looked at that and I was like, this is the lost sheep, God. (laughs) Have you seen what's happening in the world? What's going on here? I don't think this is where you want me to go. Um, But I I have learned obedience over time and I, I followed his leading and have really enjoyed over the last week or so delving into this and realizing what God is trying to say. So what I'd like to do this morning is I'm going to do something a little bit weird and it might feel a little bit naff. So I'm going to give you the option to tap out if you don't want to. You can play along. But what I want to do this morning is it's, uh, there's a whole lot of evidence to suggest in communicating that if I can get you to participate in the sermon to some degree, that you are going to recall and retain uh, some of what I have to say. So what do you think, uh, Luke chapter 15, um, other than the other two parables, what do you think um, I'm going to mention quite a bit in this sermon? What do you guys think? Parable of the lost sheep? Sheep. Oh, good work, whoever that was. Well done. So I have a whole handful of chocolates up here. What I want you to do, whether you are willing, you you don't have to do this, but if you're wanting to accept the challenge, every time I say the S word, no, okay, every time I say, I'm just going to say it once, I'm going to say sheep. Every time I say sheep, if you're comfortable I want to hear your best bar. Now, I do have a reason for doing this other than just giving you chocolate. Um, I do want you guys to be engaged. and There is that. But there's something at the end I want to kind of get uh, out. So if I say sheep, those who want to... Ah, you're like, I want that chocolate, Dre. I'm going to get that. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to do the trust system. Sorry, those at home, you get like an old cracker that you found in your cupboard. I'm sorry, that's what you get. But what you're going to do is we're going to have a trust system. So every time I say sheep, who was that? That was great. (laughs) Every time I say that word, um, and you have to respond. Now, if you're playing along and I say it, and everyone around you goes, and you're like, Um, you're out. Now, you can continue to play. I'm not going to push you to the side, and everyone's going to look at you and be like, ha-ha. That's not what I'm going to do. But you can continue to play, but you have to play the honor system, and you've got to be like, I'm I'm out. I missed that one. Okay, do you guys get the rules of the game? And whoever is left and can hand on heart in front of Jesus say that they did all the bars that they, they definitely heard, um, and because you're going to know if you didn't, because other people are going to say it. Um, uh, you will get a chocolate. Now, I'm looking at 100 people in this room, and you're all looking awfully... Com- Who's competitive? That's too many chocolates. <laughs> we'll see how we go. Okay, so the parable of the lost sheep. Well done. I can just imagine someone at home right now is like, bah! and the neighbor walks past and is like, well, there's Fred again. Ooh. Okay, let's kick this off. <clears throat> So, um, when you look at verse 2, verse 2 is the context into what Jesus talks about for the parable of the lost sheep. 
um, the parable of the lost coin and the parable of the lost son or sons. And so what is, what is said in number two? He says this. This is the Pharisees and um, the teachers. He says, uh, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So what Jesus was doing is he was hanging out with a group of people that challenged um, the hierarchy. Because these Pharisees and uh, Sadducees and these lawyers, the, the biblical lawyers and these teachers, they're over here and they know very well the rumors that have been said about that man. They know that people are saying he might be the Messiah. So they've come, they've come to see. And I don't think, I, you know, we love to tar the Pharisees, right, with a brush and be like, oh, the Pharisees, oh, if I was there, I would be one of the twelve. Um, well, the Pharisees were just teachers. They were, they were leaders. They were pastors. They weren't all bad, right? So they're sitting there and they're, and they're watching. But if you know anything about Hebraic culture in first century Israel, um, and for many years before that, there was this system of... Um, becoming righteous, right? It was all through laws. You can look at Deut- uh, Deuteronomy and others. But over time, uh, you know, God gave them the Ten Commandments, and then what did they do? They kept putting rules and systems and barriers and lines and walls and being like, do this, you can't eat that, you can't wear this, you can't grow that, you can't get that, you can't do this, you can't, all of these things, right? And so they're looking at Jesus, and um, back then when you... When you ate with someone, when you ate with someone, what you did is you said, I align with you. I connect with you. And um, so when, when uh, he's sitting there and he's connecting with those people, was it cutting out again, was it? All right. I'm sorry, guys. I could yell. You can still hear me. I went to drama school. I could raise my voice really loud. What do we want to do? Someone make a decision for me. You're okay? Okay. Sorry, guys, I couldn't hear that I was cutting out. My apologies. Um, where was I? Sheep. Okay, let's be honest. Has anyone lost yet? Oh, wow, look at that. There's a whole bunch of you that are, maybe you lost on purpose. Um, so they give this context, and, and, and so these guys are looking at Jesus and going, you're hanging out with tax collectors, the worst of the worst. You're hanging out with sinners. No, no, no. If you're the Messiah, come hang out with us because we are the holy ones. We are the righteous ones. We wear the right things. We're from the right tribe. We do the right things on the right day. Come and hang out with us. And Jesus says, no, you're just segregating. You're putting barriers, human barriers in front of you and God. And I, I'm not a part of that. I want to connect with you. Now, here's the thing we need to remember. God loves those Pharisees. Jesus loves those Pharisees. And so when he hears them muttering, he goes, okay, that's fine. Um, let me tell you a story. So he looks at the Pharisees in the eyes. I'm going to pick someone who's going to be my Pharisees. I better pick someone I know and love so they don't think I'm, okay, I'm looking, I'm looking at Matt Parrington. Um, and he looks at them in the eyes and he says, let me tell you a story. Let me give you a parable. And he unleashes into these three parables. Now, if I had time, today's message was going to be the parable of the sheep and the parable of the lost coin. But, (laughs) ding, 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 ding. Um, If I do the lost coin, I should all give you a coin and you should drop it. No, that would be horrendous. So he looks at him in the eye and he says, let me 
tell you a story. Now, the first thing we need to know, um, so what he's trying to do is he is trying to give a sense of worth to every individual because he talks about the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost sons. And he says they are incredibly valued. You have devalued those people. You wouldn't even be seen with them, but Jesus loves them. I love you. I want to connect with you, but I also hold so much value on them as well. So the main thing, the big message that I really felt like God was saying is that he loves everybody and we must, must, must keep the main thing. That is to love the Lord your God, be in his presence and love others as yourself. Very simple message, right? But I hope that it goes a little deeper. Otherwise, we're in for a long day. Sheep. You know, there's this hierarchy that I talked about. And so when, when Jesus calls the Pharisees a shepherd, that was extremely offensive. Because the Pharisees are all about hierarchy and structure and all of the good things and all of the things that they do. And they are up here. They are like political bosses. They're, they're really high up and they're over here. And I'm just trying to think of the equivalent. If you were, had all of your identity tied up in your role as like a politician here in New Zealand, I was trying to think of what they would think is the lowest. And I was thinking, you know, those guys that wash windows at uh, intersections, it would be the equivalent of saying, now imagine you're one of these guys. And they'd be like, shepherds are the lowest of the low. You know, they're just out there. They're just boys in the dust. We are right up here. So immediately Jesus offends him. And how many know that sometimes we like to make this meek and mild Jesus, but how, 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 do, how do, we, do you know that sometimes Jesus does offend us? And I'll tell you why. Uh, Jesus often offended the mind to reveal issues of the heart. Right, And so you might say, well, no, no, Jesus is all love, fluffy ducks and rainbows. He would never offend me. Well, if I've been running a 10K run and then I decide to sit in my shoes all day and then uh, the next day I don't wash my socks and then I go for another run and um, then I take them off in the car with you um, and you say, Pastor Dre, um, all over me because my feet smell so bad, right? Now, I might be offended, but just because I'm offended doesn't mean it's not the truth, right? Okay, so um, Jesus offends them, and um, when we are offended, when we're convicted, there's the difference between condemnation and conviction. Jesus convicts, right? And so when if you're feeling offended for a moment in a sermon and, and or something else, can, it may be the person, right? Like, I'm, I might offend you. But can you just hold for a second and go, Holy Spirit, is there something in my life? Is there an issue of the heart that you actually need to deal with there? I'm willing to give that over to you. So he calls them shepherds um, and offends them. And when you talk about sheep, like I'm not a sheep expert. I forgot about it and you guys didn't. Who's still in the game? Raise your hands. Oh, we are going to get down to these chocolates. You guys are all so confident. Look at you now. Ha! Um. Where was I? I had sheep. So um, I'm not an expert on those fluffy, wooled creatures of the deep. Uh, uh, Deep? Um, But I I remember I made, I did a sermon on sheep. um, (laughs) um, A wee while ago, uh, a couple of years ago. And I made the mistake of calling 
them a herd. Anyone remember I called them a herd? And I had a couple of people come up, well, one couple, they no longer come here, come up to me and say, um, did you know that they're not a herd? They are a flock or a mob? And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, sorry about that. They haven't had a lot to do with sheep. My apologies. And they're like, no, 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 but you, you made it, you said it wrong. And I've been a sheep person for a long time. And da, 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 da. And I was like, okay, did you like the sermon? Um, to be honest, you kept calling it a herd. And so it was really, um, yeah, that was, yeah. So I was like, so what you take away is that I made a mistake and you didn't listen to anything else. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, cool. That's awesome. I love being a pastor sometimes. <laughs> no, it was cool. It was totally fine. Um, but now I remember that sheep are in a mob or a herd. No, I was going to say herd or a flock. So I'm not a sheep expert. I oh, went down to a few. Put your hands up if you're still playing. Ah, oh, you guys want those chocolates. I have enough chocolates for you. Keep playing. You can do this. So, um, where was I? I'm getting distracted by the bars. Um, let's look at my notes. Okay, so those animals, um, they are followers, right? They tend to follow. They're quite social. They tend to stick next to each other. Has anyone ever owned or does own some of those fluffy creatures? Cool. There's a whole, oh, there's a whole bunch of you. You know a lot more. Fl- okay, right, woolly. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all he took away from the sermon today. Um, and so these animals... Um, they, they follow. Now, when they go away from the mob, when one of them goes away, it tends to be for some sort of reason, like they're sick, they're ill, maybe they're pregnant, they're going to get a birth. There's a reason why it disattaches itself from the, the mob, because they are creatures kind of designed to stick together, right? And um, in that mob of sheep, sometimes you have a lead sheep. Now, that lead animal is the one that um, they'll often be at the front. And have you ever seen one of those animals run? And for some reason, it sees a shadow and it's like, whoo! And then all the others are like, oh, that looks fun. Have you guys ever seen this? And they all run past and go, whoo! And there's nothing there, but they all jump over the same spot. But if you watch enough of those fluffy creatures, I mean, woolly creatures, sorry, Lyndon. Do you want me to go back to the offense part again? No, you're right. <laughs> but they jump. And then have you even noticed if you see a whole herd of them, nah, a whole flock of them, they'll start jumping, but the, the place they were jumping is now like 100 meters away, and they're all jumping over here. It's like, you're not very smart. But you know, um, in 2006, there was 1,400 sheep that, thank you, that fell off a cliff in Turkey uh, in 2006 because there was a lead animal that led them a little bit astray, jumped off a cliff because he, she, he thought that was a good idea, and they all followed. And so they like to stick together, these animals. Um, and back then, back in um, biblical times, and even to an extent now today, when we think, oh, where would you put your animals? You would put them in a fenced-off area or in a corral. Um, but they didn't have a whole lot of wood. If you've ever been to Egypt and Israel, you'll notice that there's not a whole lot of timber everywhere. So what did they make these corrals and these pens out of? They made them out of whatever they could get, rocks, stones, old masonry, bricks, and they would make a corral and they'd go all the way around. Often they were circled and some of them still exist and they're centuries old, Um, but they wouldn't use timber for the gate because timber was expensive. People would steal it. They would burn it. They would use it for different things. So there would often be a gap 
in the corral. And when they would bring the, the shepherd would bring the sheep in every, thank you. I was like, three of you left. Good work. When he would bring them in, he would, it would be a place of safety. Where do you think the shepherd slept? They, they, they were only ever as much as six foot wide, these gates. That's where the shepherd would sleep. He would put himself in a place of harm. He would put himself in between the animals and anything that wanted to devour them. He was in the gate. He was in the way, if you will. Matthew 7, 13, 14 says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to, to destruction, and many will enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. He is the way, the truth, and the life for those sheep. If they want to, thank you, if they want to drink, if they want to eat, if they want to go somewhere else, they have to go through the gate. They have to go through past the shepherd, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is the true shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays his life down for his sheep, John 10, 11. Thank you. Oh, that was a good one. Who was that? Come on. Yeah, that was great. I have a question for you. Are you following a shepherd? Or are you following the sheep? I didn't think that through. In my mind, I was like, I'm going to pause and it's going to be really deep. But I said the S word and then you're all, yeah. Are you following the shepherd or are you following a woolly creature? Are you following a lead woolly creature? Hmm. Jesus is the true shepherd. I am the good shepherd, he said. Now, when I think about leaving the 99, do you know what my brain says? My brain says, that doesn't make sense. Why would you leave the 99? Yes, you love that sheep. Yes, it's a good little sheep. Thank you. I said it twice. Is anyone still in? I got you all out. I win. I get all the chocolates. I didn't say that at the start, but that's how I interpreted the rules. Okay. I think I said it twice. Okay. Okay. Let's say I didn't say it twice. You can stay in. Okay. So when I look at the 99, I go, why would you leave them? Why would you leave them for predators, for poachers, for the other things? I, like That seems a little bit reckless. It seems a bit of a silly thing to do, right? But then this is where God spoke to me. God said, you're looking at this all the wrong way. You're looking at a sheep. I'm looking at it as a son or a daughter. And then this thought jumped in my head. Picture my house. Some of you have been there. I'm in my room. Hopefully, you have, a lot of you haven't been in my bedroom, but anyway. <clears throat> um, but I'm, I'm in my room, and I had this thought in the middle of the night. And the door busts open, and there's my eldest son, Isaac, and he's screaming, and he's coughing, and there's smoke in the hallway. And he's screaming that there's a fire coming from the garage. I've left the charger on my weed whacker, and it's shorted, and it's caught on fire. It's 12 o'clock at night. And I freak out. I sit up. I grab him. I wake Hannah up. I pick him up and I grab Hannah and I drag her out of the bed. I grab my phone. I grab my contact lenses or my glasses because I'm blind as a bat. Um, and I push them out into the lounge 
and I open the door and I throw Hannah out onto the grass and I give her Isaac and the smoke is filling up and then I hear smashing of glass and then I hear, see lights turning on. And then I run back inside. I run down the hallway. There's smoke everywhere. I open up the door to my son's room and the, the door's still open because Isaac came out. But on the bottom bunk is my, my six-year-old Luca and I scoop him up and I run out. There's flames and there's smoke and it's dangerous. And I run out with my son into the open air and I can hear uh, sirens in the distance and the neighbor's running over and I sit down on the grass and I'm sweating and gross and I sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I got my family out. And then I remember, I have three children. And I run back in to go save my daughter, to save that sheep because I love her with all my heart. Thank you. And God showed me that that is his heart for all of the sheep. That is his heart for every person. And if I said to you, if I said, if someone said, oh, did you know Dre went back in and he got a burn on his arm and it was really dangerous? Would anyone say that was reckless? You'd probably go, well, it was reckless, but we all understand why you would do that. Who would do the same? You would all do the same. And that's God's heart for people. That is his heart for people. Can we be less concerned about the corral or what stones are going on in the corral or what um, Susie the sheep is up to or Sally the sheep or um, Sarah the sheep? Bryn, you're winning. You're doing a great job. Um, Can we be less concerned about that, like inside the corral, and be more concerned about two things? Here's my big thing. One, that Jesus loves you and that God would do anything to rescue you and rescue others. Right? Like, can we just remember for a moment what our, our mission is to love the Lord God our, with all our heart and to love others? And just remember that, yes, there's division. Yes, there's stuff that's going on. And there's any number of distraction right now. But that is not what your, like, your call is. Don't be distracted by the fire engine. Don't be distracted by what's happening. Run and go to what is important. Jesus holds the value of people above everything else, and so should we. We are called to be reflectors of Christ, to look like Christ, to act like Christ, to be the image of Christ. If Christ will do anything and leave the 99 to get to that one because he so values and so loves them, shouldn't we? Now you might say, well, Pastor Dre, you know, I don't know whether it's smart leaving 99 and going to get the one. Well, that's us thinking with our own finite little human brains. The uncreated creator of the universe, the Alpha and the Omega, who's outside of time and space. Do you think he can do more than one thing at once? He can both hold up and value and validate the 99 and say you are worthy and you are good and you are loved and keep doing what you're doing. Stay in the crowd, stay with me, stay in my presence. But also I'm after this one as well. He can do all. Let's not be overly concerned with the stone placement of the corrals. Let's remember what is important. Or which sheep has been drenched or not. (laughs) For the sheep, there are three things to remember. God loves you and values you so much. If you're here today and you just need to hear that again, that God loves you so much. You are Evie in a fire. And he will chase after you. Number two, 
You are welcome and worthy of his presence. He will carry you. You know, I thought if there was a teenager in the house, which I can't see any, um, I was going to pick him up and uh, carry him. And then I looked at some of the adults. Oh, yeah, but Connor's huge and I'm an old man. (sighs) I see another teenager. What's over there? Who's there? I can't see. I can't see who that is. Is it? I'm not going to pick up him. He's huge. Okay. All right, Connor, would you do it? Would you come out the front for me? Yeah, come on, give him a big round of applause. I could say, right? The shepherd could say, hey, sheep, come with me. Yeah, that'll be fine. That's good. He could do that, but that is not what he does. What does the scripture says? He says that the, the, the shepherd will go and he will lift him up onto his shoulders and carry him. I'm low-key impressed with myself. (laughs) But Jesus will carry you. He will pick you up no matter if you've got a broken leg or you've got an ear like this or you've got burn on your wall. He will carry you. He loves you and he will grab you out of wherever you are. If you've been distracted and you've wandered off, he will pick you up and he will carry you back. He is where you are if you call on him. So you are loved and you are worthy of his presence. He will carry you. And the third one, if you're a sheep here this morning, is God will never give up. God will never give up for you. God will never give up. So if you're sitting here and you're feeling distracted and you're completely distracted by everything that's going on right now and you're like, oh man, actually, I need to just remember that God so loves me, so loves other people. The main thing is the main thing is to keep that main thing the main thing. And that's my relationship with God, keeping in His presence. But if you're here this morning and you don't know that, if, if this is new to you, we want to make a space for you to hear about that. God never gives up. He is after you. I have a question, a couple of quick questions. Are you the lost sheep? Have you gone away from God? Have you let something come between you and your relationship? A ravine, a a mountain, a river. Are you that lost sheep? Do you have a lost woolly creature in your family? A mom, a dad, a daughter, a son. Or are you the mob of sheep? Oh, he's going to go get Sally again. Well, he's not spending much time with us. Yeah, well, I don't really, yeah, you know. And, and, and so concerned about what's happening inside the mob that less concerned about what's seeing people. And like, I, I, I heard someone say once that baptisms, for example, like this is people stepping up in their relationship with God. That should be something that uh, the animals get super excited about because what did Jesus say? He said that the whole earth will rejoice, that all the heavens will rejoice, sorry, um, when one comes back. So when we have baptism services, for example, that should be a place that we all come and go, yeah, I'm going to be here for this. This is awesome. And this year we're doing it at a beach, so that's even awesomer, right? Or are you like, meh, it's not anyone I know getting baptized. Yeah, it's all right. I'm just going to stick with the sheep. 
Thank you. Are you a leadership? Where are you leading? Who is following? And I, I always say that a leader is simply a follower of Jesus. I, you are not a shepherd. I am not a shepherd in this sense. I'm just a sheep that God has asked me to lead other woolly creatures and to help guide to water and guide to the shepherd. And, but don't ever make that mistake, right? Like, I, I'm not the shepherd in this sense. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and I am the good shepherd. There are so many people out there who are following a person. Um, Jesus, and it, we're always his sheep. Jesus said to Peter, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Three times he says to do it. They're mine, he said. They're not yours, they're mine. John 10, 27, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. They know my voice. Do you know the voice of God? Do you know how you know the voice of God? It's by spending time with God. You know the voice of the shepherd by spending time in the presence of the shepherd. <laughs> that was a free one, was it? <laughs> she was like, that's a sheep-related word. <laughs> ah, good work, well done. All right. Can I just get one last one, everyone to say, bah. If I was to spell, bah, I would start with a B. And we need to be a bunch of things to be in the presence of God. The first thing, B, A, is that we must ask Jesus into our lives. You know, that sheep, Jesus doesn't, uh, the shepherd doesn't just find them. They've got to make a noise. They ask to be found. Wherever you are today, all you simply must do is just put your hand up spiritually and say to God, Please, would you come find me? I ask you into my life. I ask you into, the pres- into my, myself to be into your presence. We have to be alert. We have to be active. And he will answer. So we have to be asking. We have to be alert. We have to be active. And he will answer. And he will accept us. He will absolve us of our sins and our transgressions. And we will be adopted. We will be assured and we will be anchored. B A A A A A A A A A. Ask him. Be alert to your situation. Be active in doing so. And he will answer you. And he will accept you and absolve you and adopt you and assure you. And you will be anchored in his presence. Can we have the worship team up, please? All right, quickly. Who won? Put your hands up if you got to the end. All right. Do we have two left? Well done. There you go, Bryn. There you go. Awesome. Give them a round of applause. Someone's going to ask you, how did the sermon go? And you'd be like, bah. Can we stand? Heavenly Father, My prayer today is that we just remember that we are so valued. We can never go too far. We can never do too much of the wrong thing. 
There is not a place that you can't come and lift us up. And for anyone that is lost right now, I want you to know that He will simply come when you ask. When I was praying this morning, I also felt to say, for those that are struggling so much with the idea that you're like, I, I, I'm praying for this person in my life. I'm praying, I'm praying, and I'm not seeing anything. God wants you to remember this. That person, that sibling, that daughter, that father, that whatever it is, it's like Evie in the story. He loves them and he will chase after them. And he, if invited, he will go move the heavens and the earth to get to them. And that should be a reassurance to us this morning. Holy Spirit, we pray that we would recognize where we are in the parable. Are we the sheep? Are we the mob? Are we following a leader? Are we leading incorrectly? Are we following God? Where are we in the story, Jesus? Lord, we want to remember the value that you put on us. And in these trying times, Jesus, let that be what unites us. Lord, I pray that we would have a heart and a mind for the lost. That we would pray, give, work, pray again. Father, we lift you up and we thank you that you have and do and will always love us. In Jesus' name.